Tonight you became the youngest player in UEFA Champions League history to score a first half hat-trick. How are you feeling right now? I feel very good. Anything else? Uh, you asked how I feel, I asked. I answered. What's the secret? 17 goals now this season in nine games. To work hard. We're kicking off MTW's debut season. Oh my god! I love this game! <laughs> this season, it's football, football, and football as we hear how this sport has changed the lives of our guests. Ladies and gentlemen, Meeting the World Podcast Season 1 Football. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. My name is Malakai Feliciano and I am your host for Meeting the World Podcast, just generally, I've been hosting since November um, alone. And now I have a guest. I'm always thankful to have another guest. This week, we have Rodic Batan with us. Good evening, guys. Rodic, how are you? I'm actually fine here in the farm. Nothing's been happening. A bit boring. Good thing I have good internet sometimes. Because if you have bad internet, it's going to be really bad here. And I've been reading in books somehow. Since it was so boring here. So, yeah. It's more safer, safer here, though. Yeah, you've been reading books. What what books have you been reading? Um, mostly The Witcher and The Lord of the Rings. Oh yeah, and then you were you were talking about like world building and stuff, right? Yeah, before I was actually talking about that. World building is like really cool. Um, we actually I actually made a podcast about it. Um, me and Keith Pinero talk about it for a little bit, but you you can check that out. But today, man, um. Rodic is one of my friends for the listeners. Rodic is one of my friends in school and I brought him on today to talk about football and why he supports this certain club that we're going to talk about. Uh Rodic has been playing football since when? Um I've been playing football actually. I first took interest when I was prep because I just Wanted to play football. Some of the coaches went in, gave me flyers, and said, "Was it Coach Mario?" Yeah, it was actually Coach Mario. I remember. Big man Mario. Okay. <laughs> but I didn't really start playing until I was grade five, because me and Danny used to play football with each other, and then I stopped and then played basketball until ninth grade. And then I played football again, and until now, I'm still playing football. So, it's probably been fun. I mean, you've been playing for a really long time. What, you started grade 7, and then, right? Right, grade 7? Nah, grade 5, but I, I keep stopping and stopping. That's why I don't really improve that much. And then, when you took it seriously in grade 9? Because I met you in grade 9, and then you seem to take an interest in football. Grade 9, yeah. Okay, okay. I see you. My first question for you is, I just want you to briefly describe your football life. Like, 
Okay, so we've established that your football journey basically started out with a head coach coming into your room and saying, "Hey, you want to join my program? Here, join my program. Um, it's called CSA Football Module. If you want to join, fine, go ahead." Can you tell me when did your love for football really intensify? When did you really start taking it seriously, or um, you started doing it more frequently? Okay. Um, it actually intensified just la- last year, grade nine. That's when I met a lot of football players and then took interest, watched some football games, and then I loved it and I wanted to play. Yeah, it's mostly grade nine, which I really took interest. Grade five, not really. Just played it for fun. Prep, I didn't even play it at all. I just took interest. Yeah, so grade nine is really where I kick level. You know, we started really playing. Yeah, was it like in the in the in the first part of the year? Um, did you start really getting into it, or actually, who introduced you to it? Like, who actually like pulled you into the world of football? First prep, it was coach Coach Mario. Then it was Danny Gordon in grade five. Grade nine, not much really, because first half of the school year, I was playing basketball until I got sick of it, and then I just took interest in football by myself. So. I just researched and then watched some games and I loved it and I decided I wanted to switch sports again. Yeah, I mean, I I really love the sport. It's one of the things that really keeps me coming back to it is that it's so fun. I mean, I couldn't really find the same fun in football as I would in basketball. Um, I, I don't get the same kick out of it as I would in swimming because I used to do swimming. But football is really different. Uh, football is like the the beautiful game. Okay, so um, we're back meeting the word listeners. Um, that was just a quick technical difficulty, but we're back. Let's pick up where we left off, Rodic. Um, we were talking about football and how it's so fun. So what? Why? Why? What makes it so fun for you, Rodic? Um, football. What makes it so fun for me is mostly the passing the team play because for me where I grew up playing basketball most of the time I've noticed a lot of players don't really pass especially the one that ones that wants points and the glory hunters they don't really pass the ball but in, yeah oh. but in football you really need to pass the ball because otherwise the other team your enemy team might get possession and you're gonna piss off your teammates so bad it's because football is just like yeah. mostly a team game. Without your team, you're gonna lose. Yeah, I mean, I. That's why I love football a lot. Because whenever I play basketball, there's always that one guy in the group that always seems to hug the ball. But in football, I think the ball hogger would be me. Except I would only do it like sometimes, not all the time. So it's really good stuff. Um, football is really fun. And I think one of the things that draws you to it, since you call it a team sport, is I think one of the things that really draws you back to football is having friends, having having friends to play it with. So I guess football is a very friendly sport. You've played open play, right? In BGC, like 12 a.m. Dude, I you tell me so much stuff about open play. Um, uh, why don't you tell the audience one of your one of your memorable stories uh open play okay so i think all my memorable stories is when i really got hit in the face by the ball 
was really strong. I don't know why I keep remembering that. It's just funny. I remember I was keeper that time. Uh, the striker was like moving around. I don't really remember what he was doing. He was like a Daniel James lookalike from Manchester United. And then after that, he shot the ball so strong. It was super fast. I didn't get to react in time and it just hit me in the face instantly and I went down. I was laughing after that game so bad but there's also one more memorable moment when we played Malakai Red Foxes, I remember that. Oh yeah, when we won the championship. Yeah, we won but uh, the only problem was I wasn't there when we won that. But still... Yeah, we played against uh, Vietnamese teams, they were playing, they were playing like really random, it's like, oi bro, uh, because they were fouling a lot. It's it's just unlucky that you missed it, but I mean, it was a fun experience. You guys got medals, right? Yeah, we, oh, actually, I think it's still with Laksha. Oh gosh. But <laughs> yeah. Um I think it's different though how if you play really competitive, you can't really enjoy the sport because you're you're playing for you're yeah. playing for competition. Even though competition's supposed to be fun. You still have to worry about winning the game. You need to come out of it winning. So, for some people, the thrill of the competition is what makes it so fun. But for some people, the ones that aren't exactly good, or sometimes even the people who are good, they don't really want to have the like responsibility of winning the game, and they just want to showcase some skills. Um, you showboating, running down the line, all that stuff. Football, that's what makes football a fun sport, especially when you're when you're playing with friends. So, Rodik, um, do you have any more stories? Do you, do you have any more stories before we start getting specific? It was... I, I have no insults to this keeper there. I really remember that time because I felt so bad from that keeper. It was when I was training with Shotty and the 04 or 05 group. And it was one keeper, the small guy where the defender just passed him the ball and he got nutmegged by his own defender and the ball went inside his own goal and like everyone was laughing and it was really sad for him because you know if you're a keeper you have to deal with with this big problems when you make your own mistakes and then the whole team blames you it's like being a keeper is one of the hardest positions because of the mentality that you have i think yeah I, I hear you um there are a lot of blunders that keeper make keepers make especially Loris carios in the 2018 champions league final but then those blunders are kind of funny when you look back on it just not in the moment but let's get specific um let's get to let's get to business we came here to talk about your favorite football club borussia dortmund but i i really want to kind of dissect you um get into ho- your whole I'm a I'm a football supporter and this is this is like one of the main things in my life. I want to get into that. You did you support the club before Dortmund? Yes, I actually supported a club called West Ham United in the Premier League. They're the first team I actually watched, and I don't know why I actually fell in love with their game. I just really like how they play. I like the fans. I mean, yeah, it's. I mean, you have an owner that has jokes about him talking about dildos, right? Yeah, I mean, I can see why I can see why you wouldn't like him. But what's the what's the joke behind the dildo thing? I actually don't remember, but I, I remember I was laughing so bad when I heard about the dildo joke. 
the reason why I actually don't like the owner is because he mostly cares about his money instead of mostly improving the team. And that's why I hate him most of the time. Yeah, I think I, I watch 4-4 Tunes and then they talk about Dildo Baggins instead of Bilbo Baggins. But West Ham is a really good team also. I mean they have they have values that they have values about them and all that all that stuff. Premier League football is really one of those things where football still has a soul. Let's get into your second club, Borussia Dortmund. How how did you find out about them? Mostly I first found out about Dortmund in the Champions series, which was like a com- comedy series that Bleacher Report created. The yeah, the YouTube thing. Yeah. The YouTube thing. And then after okay. that, I just because I didn't know anything about Bundesliga, I researched about the German league, and then saw how Dortmund played. It was uh, really fun how they played. It's like they mostly rely on counter attacks and. They have great speed and they really know how to pass the ball well, and yeah, basically like that. So Dortmund is like isn't really one of the best teams in in Germany. So is West Ham. So I think you have you you have this knack for picking the underdogs in the Premier League. Not even the underdogs, like the ones that are just trying to stay mid table, finish as high as they can. Why why do you go for underdogs? Um, mostly because of the thrill, I think. Because if you support an underdog club, you really don't know what's gonna happen. You're either gonna win or lose. Any team, yeah. you might win or lose. And also, I don't really like supporting those clubs that like want keep winning every year because their fans are just like plastic, glory hunters. I don't really like them. It's boring, and man. I I want teams that have struggles and know how to fix them so they that they can become better each year. That's actually one of the main reasons I started supporting Liverpool because um I heard that they were they were one of the best in the 70s and 80s but when I, when I found out about them I saw that they were coming off the back of a really good season the 2014-2015 season. I started supporting them late 2015 I think. Yeah, late 2015. So I saw I saw this I saw this club as a really good and good club with a lot of potential. And then Jurgen Klopp came. That's when that's when things started to pick up speed for Liverpool. Dortmund's loss was Liverpool's gain. And then you can see how in the span of five years, Jurgen Klopp went on to win the Premier League title with Liverpool. Yeah, and then the Champions League as well. Yeah, and I can I can see that happening with Dortmund pretty soon. What was your greatest moment ever? My greatest moment for me is still last year when we defeated Bayern Munich home game. It's a Der Klassiker match. I didn't really pick the championship matches because there's just something about defeating Bayern Munich because you know Bayern is like a team that you're gonna expect to win every every game because they're so good. And then something about defeating them make making them look like they're not invincible showing them that they're not the invincible team they think they are and that they have weaknesses as well yeah i i hear you man um i was actually gonna ask you okay why why bayern why 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 bayern in a domestic league game i but then i can see that i can see how you can really you really don't like bayern and you're really a true dortmund fan fan just from that Uh, you you really invest yourself into the whole Bayern Dortmund rivalry. 
So, another question, follow-up question is, you actually fight with, you actually fight with um, one of our schoolmates. Uh, we call him De Leon. Mr. De Leon. I can't believe, I can't actually wrap my head around the fact that you have full-blown fights with someone just because of football. This is how, that shows how passionate you are. But I want to know, how do your arguments start? Uh, first, uh, first, it's not really fights like punch, punch, punch like that. Not too much already. We're just really doing arguments, but yeah. Um, first, it usually starts with him always gonna say Dortmund sucks in front of my face all the time when we walk through corridors and we meet each other. And like Shotty's gonna say, "Oi, the Leon, nandito si no, si Rodic," and then the Leon. Is, is that say, like a trigger for you? Dortmund sucks. Not really a trigger. It's just like I just wanna show him why and show him why that Dortmund doesn't really suck. Because all he believes is Bayern Munich's the best and they're really the best team and they're gonna win Champions League. They're gonna win every year like that. So I wanna show him that they're not really that invincible. Mostly after that we're gonna have you- full arguments. He's gonna state me so many facts about why Bayern's the better team. Yes, like he's like researching so bad so that he can just win arguments against me. It's actually quite funny. I don't know why. Exactly. That's why I can't wrap my head around it. But do you guys bet? What's the highest you've ever bet on a game? Actually, I don't really bet on games because I think it's a stupid way to lose yeah. money. But yeah. I did bet because he can't shut up about betting. So I just like bet 200 and... What really sucks is Dortmund lost it? the game. Yeah, one zero. Yeah, I actually it. watched the game. The good thing is I didn't pay. I'm, I think I'm not gonna actually pay him because of COVID, and I might not be returning to school anymore. I might be staying here in the farm for a while. Yeah, and then you're going. You're going away to another universe, another dimension. Yeah, I'm gonna leave the old dimension. Yeah, the whole Luzon Luzon Master Race. You've shown that you're really a Dortmund Dortmund fanatic. I mean, you you start arguments with someone just because of Dortmund. I think from that alone you can already say, okay, this guy's this guy's definitely a fan of Dortmund. So let's let's go to your squad. I have the squad list with me right now and I know that you're on your phone, so you don't really have the biggest screen. So um let's just work from my screen. I have the whole Dortmund list here. Uh, let's start with the goalkeepers, and then we're going to the defenders, midfielders, attackers, and then I'll only I'll only say the notable names. So you have Roman Roman Bur- Burki, um, Mister Swiss from Switzerland, twenty nine years old. His contract is set to retire in twenty twenty three, and he is currently valued at eleven million. The guy is a name that I've heard a lot about. But is he a world class keeper? Is he like Allison level or definitely not Allison level because Allison is objectively the best. But is Roman Burki a little bit like just one tier lower than Allison? Um really but what's really bad is I don't really think he's one tier below Allison because for me he's not really a good sh- um shot stopper. He's Actually, one of the worst shot stoppers in Bundesliga this season. And I don't think he's really the goalkeeper that can bring us 
and help us win a championship. But he's really good when it comes to positioning and passing. I really watch games, he's really good at passing. And that's what starts most of the Dortmund attacks. Yeah, I think that's really a, an attribute for a lot of modern goalkeepers now. It's that yeah, you really have to be good with your feet because attacks start from the defense and I think the keeper takes part in the defense. He's that link between the left center back and the right center back. So yeah, you really have to be good with your feet. I think that's what makes Roman Borki an elite goalkeeper. He has an understudy in hits. What's what's the first name? Is it Martin? Marvin, Marvin. Marvin. Marvin hits. 32 years old. Um with his age is clear he's clearly a veteran. Also from Switzerland, valued at 2 million. Has he been a very good servant for Dortmund? Yes, I've actually liked him most of the time. And fun fact, he's actually one of the goalkeepers who scored a 90th minute goal, which is actually I just found out about that a few days ago and I'm still shocked about it, but okay. I remember him during the um their classical matches against Bayern Munich because when we won against Bayern Munich which was last year he was actually our goalkeeper and he made great saves against Lewandowski he almost got injured though he got spiked to the knee but still he's a really good shot stopper one of uh, Dortmund's good keepers it really sucks though he's in the bench because Berkey is I think still better than him even though he's a great shot shot stopper do you know how many clean sheets Berkey has had in the Bundesliga so far? Actually, don't know right now since I'm not really uh, okay. checking the stats. Since I don't really check the stats of the players. Yeah, no, no problem, no problem. Let's get into your center backs. You have Mats Hummels, um, Manuel Akanji. You have Z- Zagadu, and then these guys hail from Germany, Switzerland, and France. I wanna die I wanna dissect Mats Hummels. The guy came from Bayern's Academy, moved to Dortmund for senior team football, moved to moved to Bayern and then moved back to Dortmund. Do you see this guy as a snake? I really don't know actually. He like he likes changing his loyalty a bit. But I can see why before he went to Bayern because I think Bayern was the one that made him grow into the player he is today and that's why he went to Bayern and I think he went to Dortmund because a lot of young players are now taking over Bayern and he might have been a bit scared that someone might take his spot. So since Dortmund has been lacking the def- defensive power last year, he went there to upgrade their defense and showed the Dortmund fans that he's still one of the best defenders in the league. Yeah, I mean, Bayern is actually one of those teams that does not have a lapse in terms of winning the league. They're always consistent. I think they've won the league six to eight times in a row so far. So they're one of those teams that really won't really won't relax after they've won the league. Um you can't call them Liverpool. Not exactly super duper dominant, but you can definitely say that they've remained consistent. They've remained they've consistently remained at the top. Mats Hummels is naturally got pushed out of the Bayern squad because the guy is already established. So I think he rested on his laurels. 
And then Dortmund, being the being the hungry team that they are, already had a lot of stuff in store for Hummels. I mean, they already had plans to like lay him off because they were have they were bringing in youth players from Ajax from their own academy. All all these things. So Hummels came to Dortmund. Has he been a good player for you guys? Yeah, he's actually been a good player for us this season. It's actually shocking for his age because he's already like 32. He's getting old. Yeah, he's 31. Yet he's still one of our best defenders in the team. And it's really shocking because he's been doing really great this season. And he's also a good leader in on on the pitch. Yeah, like, I can see that, man. In the guy. He's not a captain, but he acts like a captain still. Yeah, you always need those kinds of players. The leaders without an armband. The captains without an armband. It's always good to have another leader in the squad because you can't have you can't have really rowdy players left, right, and center. There really has to be that one player that will stay disciplined, stay stay single-minded. And then you have a successor for Mats Hummels in Manuel Akanji. I I've seen this guy on FIFA career mode. Um, uh, he he's one of those players that really has a, has one of the highest potentials. In in FIFA, he kind of becomes like the next Sergio Ramos. Uh, moves to Dortmund. I mean, moves to Real Madrid. Yeah, the guy is a really solid center back. I mean, um, I think he's one of those rocks at the back end, especially at the age of 25. He's approaching his prime years, which is usually at the age of 27, as I can see in a lot of players. So I think this guy will be one to watch, especially in the next two years. I think Dortmund will really is really going to mount a, a title challenge against Bayern Munich. So who's another who's another good center back in your in your squad? Oh, uh, for me Zagadu is actually a good center back right now. Is he promising for you guys? Yeah, he's actually promising. I've watched some games. He's a really good defender, he's like a rock solid defender. He doesn't really let in too much goals, but he only had 15 appearances this season though, which I would have liked if there's more. Yeah. Um, at the age of 21, I, I don't really right. I don't think he would be able to establish himself at such an early age. But with the new season coming up, Matt Hummels being 31 years of age, Akanji being 26, in I think it's July. His birthday is July 19. Yeah, the guy is gonna the guy is gonna become older, or they just haven't updated the page. But he's the guy is gonna be 26 years old. Is already 26 years old. So I can see. I can see Zagadu becoming one of the best players, one of the best center backs in the world, maybe the next Koulibaly, and I can see him establish, establishing himself in the in the coming season. You actually have a very young lineup of center backs. You only have one, two, three, four, five center backs, and your your other center back, your fifth center back is Balerdi from Argentina, so he hasn't really established himself, but. Zagadu is Zagadu will be one to watch. So you have a you have a really interesting fullback lineup. I want to start with Nico Schulz. What do you think about the guy? I think he's a really good defender. A lot of people were saying he's a fa- he's fast and good, while other Dortmund players are also saying that he's a bit trash that he shouldn't start that much. It's like we're pretty divided about him, but for me, I think he's really good. He's also fast and great at passing. 
He's a left back for Dortmund. 1 meter and 80 centimeters in height. 27 years old. For, he played for Germany. The guy has 11 appearances in the Bundesliga, which isn't exactly the most. And he has one goal for Dortmund. Main, main position is left back. Yeah, the guy is good. He played in Hoffenheim. He came from Hoffenheim and then his transfer fee was 3 million or 2 million, I think. I'm not sure. But yeah, the guy is good. I, I can see him as a mainstay for Dortmund. And then you have Thomas Munier is another notable name. Came from PSG. Is he like Trent Alexander-Arnold, someone you can bomb down the right flank? Not really. He's more of like a defensive player. He's like a defensive upgrade for, for Akimi. Since we know Hakimi's a great attacker and not really a defender that much, Minier, like, he's more of a good defender, but he's really he's a bit bad at attacking, like that. The you said you said before this interview that um, Munier is actually one of those players that doesn't that cannot recover after going up. Yeah, a lot of PSG fans were saying that as well. Like, once he goes forwards, he goes forwards, he never looks back at all. And that's why PSG fans wanted him out of the team, because he wasn't really doing that much for them. And Dortmund fans are saying that he's a good upgrade for the team as well. So, I'm really confused, but I think we can. I can believe that he'll be a good player this season for us. Yeah, man, I, I agree too. I think the guy, the guy is a really good player. 28 years old, valued at 24 million. With the new season coming in, he's gonna be one of those senior players, one of those um, Mats Hummels type of players who will be that captain for the team. You have an interesting midfield, Emre Chan being one of the players that I can recognize. He moved from Juventus for 30 million euros. And then he left Liverpool with a bicycle kick. So is he like a, a good defensive player for you guys? I think you've said that he was. Yeah, he's actually a good defensive player. He mostly comes out of the bench, but when he comes off the bench already, he really shows Dortmund fans why he's a good future player for us as well. Not only that, but he can pass great, and I've also seen him score goals as well. It's shocking because I've never really seen him shoot that much. But yeah, he's a really great defender as well. Yeah. And then I think I would rather have Axel Witzel, your next defensive midfielder for Dortmund. The guy came from China. I think I think a lot there were a lot of doubts about him coming from China, especially since China isn't exactly the same caliber of quality as Bundesliga. But it I don't think it really matters where you come from. It's more of do you have the potential? Do you have the ability to impress on this in this stage? And I think Axel Witzel is a testament to that. To that line of thinking. Um, currently valued at 21.5 million. Is the guy a mainstay, do you think, for Dortmund? Yeah, I actually think that as well. You know, came from China. A lot of people said he's going to suck since he came from China. But he's been shocking the Dortmund fans. He's been playing good for us. One of our good defensive midfielders this season. And when he was injured, actually, we've been scoring. I mean, we've been letting in goals a bit more without him, since our defense really isn't the brightest one, strongest. So we really need him. Okay, okay. So 
Yeah, I hear you. It's always important to have like defensive players. Defensive players who are world class like Axel Witzel and um can't really say the same for Emery Chan, but I mean he's he's up there. He's up there. But then you need attacking players as well. Mr. Julian Brand. Mr. Julian Brand is one of them. I can see him as an, another Royce. Currently 24 years old, valued at 40 million, moved from Bayer Leverkusen. The guy is quick, the guy is fast, the guy is skillful. Does he contribute a lot of goals, man? When you look at the stats, it looks like he doesn't do anything at the pitch. But in truth, when you watch the games, he creates great passes that usually lead to goals. And I don't think people credit him that much because of that. He's also fast and he can also shoot great. So Julian Brandt is one of the top players right now for Dortmund because he's so good at passing that he really contributes to most of the goals even though it doesn't show in the on the stats. He's kind of like a Sergio Busquets type of player. The guy lies low. Sergio Busquets lies low because all he does is make the tackles and he plays safe passes. He breaks up plays essentially and that doesn't really register into one of the main stats, one of the stats that people really look at. Goals, assists, all, the, all those things. But he's also in the same club as, I think, Andres Iniesta. Th- these guys don't really make don't really make assists, goals, all that stuff. But they really make the team move. Kind of like a Jorginho type. Just getting that ball moving around the team. Next, you have Mamu Dahoud. He was a target for Liverpool, like Julian Brand. The guy is a numbers deep lying, number six playmaker. But have you been seeing him play? He's valued at six point five million, kind of underwhelming. But have you seen the guy play, and has he been good for you guys? Usually, I really don't want, don't know why he doesn't play that much for the Dortmund team. I don't know about Favre why he doesn't play, but the kid's actually really good. He can score well. He can pass great. He's actually one of the good midfielders and I don't know why he's always at the bench when he's doing this kind of stuff. They should let him play most of the time. Yeah, I think he's one of those squad players. Um, just to bring up the quality of the squad and can provide good cover for the other players like Rafael Guerrero. Yeah, and all the, all the other midfielders. So let's get into Rafael Guerrero. The guy is 26 years old, valued at 35 million. His value went up. Um, has he been performing well in games? Yeah, ever since the restart, he's been doing good. He scored a hat-trick, I think, or is it two goals against Werder Bremen? He's really good. He's fast. He knows how to pass the ball well through the midfield or the left wing. So, yeah, he's a really good player for us. And I don't really see him moving to another club for a while. Yeah, hopefully not. I think I can see him as a Mr. Dortmund type of player. Um, I don't really see him going anywhere else. I, I feel like he does not fit the profile of the top top eight Premier League clubs. So yeah. Another another big player for you guys is Mr. Marco Royce. The guy is always injured. Um, missed the 2014 World Cup. And I, I really wish that the guy played more. He's missed 30% of his games for Dortmund, I think. I saw a stat so I saw a stat of something like that. I wish that he played more. He could have brought out more of his potential 
skill because if you get injured most of the time it's really hard to recover back from an injury since you have to go to this recovering time and then you won't play for a long time and then you have to get used to playing again like most of the people that get injured never really come back and it's really sad thank god that marco royce has been performing good as well this season yeah i think he's one of those players that you can't hate he's up there with ronaldinho messi and then you can't you also can't hate on santi cozorla the guy is retiring from villarreal moved from arsenal with an injury and he's finishing his career off with 15 goals and nine assists what a what a swan song for him and i hope marco royce can replicate the same season that santi cazorla has had but the guy is still injured right now so hopefully hopefully the guy comes back stronger than ever another attacking player you have is thorgan hazard he moved from i think actually i'm not sure where he moved from but he moved from another dortmund he moved from another german team i think or belgium team he's currently 27 years old and valued at 32 million i can this guy is a playmaker, much like his brother, but their playing styles are very similar. Big, big name for you guys. He was actually a big name for us this season. He's been performing well, but some other times he's just like running around the, the pitch, not doing anything that much, and that's pissed off a bunch of Dortmund fans. And that's why after the PSG game, I read the comments and they were like saying, please, after this game, never start Torgan Hazard anymore because Sometimes he disappears during big matches, which is not really good since I want players to perform their best when it's in big matches like Champions League matches against PSG, Barcelona, like that, or Bayern Munich. Yeah, but I think Thorgan Hazard has that potential to become a mainstay for Dortmund. Um, kind of become like a Marco Ruiz type. And at the age of 27... I don't think he has anywhere else to go aside from up. Or maybe he can become like his brother as well. Really good. Eden Hazard only scored a, one goal, I think, for Real Madrid this season. I mean, like, when he was still in Chelsea. Uh, because Eden Hazard, when he was in Chelsea, he was like a beast, really. Scoring and assisting. But right now in Real, I don't know what's happening to him, yeah. actually. It's like, but he's, I mean, he's doing some good plays. He's making assists, but... Other than that, it's like his team was the one that carried him to the championship like, this season. Yeah, and then he has really... Okay, I his playing style is... I hope he rediscovers his form. That's all I want to say about Eden Hazard. I hope he rediscovers his form and I think Thorgan Hazard can, can show him the way, hopefully, for Dortmund next season. And then we're going to finish off with the squad with two players born in the year 2000. Those players are Jadon Sancho and Erling Haaland. I want to start with Haaland. Moved from RB Salzburg, set a lot of records for, for the Champions League. Most goals by this age type of record. Yeah, and I've seen his interviews as well. <laughs> yeah, I keep laughing at his interviews. It's yeah, just so he, funny. He gives really simple answers. He's a player that I, I want to idolize. Cut the fat type of player. Straight to the point and really is single-minded about football. So good on him. And I think he's like Marcus Rashford in that he always focuses on his physical physical attributes aside from his technical prowess. 
So yeah, I think this guy is one to watch. Probably the next Robert Lewandowski um, will score a lot of goals frequently. One of those people that you can rely on. And I actually see him moving away from Dortmund. But we'll get into transfers later. So let's get into Jadon Sancho. Reports about him going to Man United. Because obviously, he's a really good player. Uh, has But the, the I've been reading a few reports. Uh, I want you to confirm it really quick. Is is the guy like misbehaving in the club? Um, not really. I remember when he took a barber shot. I think like he went to the barber, which was not allowed in Germany for a while because of COVID, and then he got fined by the by you know the Germany the country really, and he got pissed, and it's like a big turning point and why he wants to move as well. I think because of that, but right now he's not misbehaving. He's just. A good player is just being a good person right now. He's a really nice person actually. And he's not really misbehaving. Yeah, I, I also hope that he stays. Um, I want him to develop as much as he can at Dortmund. And then when he's that global superstar, maybe move to Real Madrid in the future. I can actually see that for him. And he's a really rapid guy. Um, a lot of He's very similar to Usman Dembele. And he's everything that Usman Dembele was supposed to be at Dortmund. Right now. I hope he doesn't go to Real Madrid too soon. Yeah, because that will ruin him a bit because he won't get any playtime because there's so many stars in Real Madrid. Yeah, and you also have a lot of young players. Brahim Diaz, Marco Asensio, all these players. And I also don't like him moving to Manchester United because a lot of people are saying that Jesse Lingard is a bad influence for young English players because... Jesse Lingard, we know him as, you know, Lingardinho. It's right now a joke because, you know, he's not really doing well. He, because Jesse Lingard used to have one of the best potentials to be the best, but then he just focused his social media. He focused his appearances rather than focusing his football. That's the that's the same thing Ponce said. Um, I actually did a podcast with him. This is that's two episodes ago. Ponce said that Lingard was supposed to be really good, um, maybe become a Ronaldo-esque player. Except that he started to really get into his image, um, leash clothing lines and stuff when he should be focusing on football. He's a professional footballer. So we've dissected the Dortmund squad. Now who would you want to cut away? Who would you want to cut from the Dortmund squad? It's really hard since there's uh, all of them are actually really good. but. I think that maybe I don't really want Sancho to go but sometimes like there's something inside me that says that Sancho has to go I think a bit because that will open up more space for the other wingers since as you've known there's so much wingers in Dortmund I really don't know who's starting anymore and yeah like that other than that maybe he's Czech might need to go because he's really old now in your squad, I would actually like sell Berkey for another good player. And then in the pre-interview, we were we were discussing, oh, hey, Ber- Berkey's like old, um, not exactly the world-class player that uh, Dortmund needs. I think you actually said that Onana would be a good keeper. I think he's in Spurs right now, so kind of difficult. But yeah, o- Onana's really a good player. He's young. And he's also a great shot stopper. Like we saw him play 
think two years ago Champions League against Real Madrid, Juventus. He really saved so much shots against those top tier teams, and no one really expected Ajax to actually make it to the semifinals. Yeah, I, for Berkey in terms of his replacement, I would go for someone like Ariola, who's a bench warmer for Real Madrid. Ariola, and then you also have another name in Handanovic, who is a veteran but is keeping clean sheets for Inter Milan. And I also like one keeper. Forgot his name, but he's the one from Sheffield United. He's a really good keeper. Dean right Henderson. Now. Yeah, he's really good right now, and I would actually like him to be in Dortmund as well. But I don't know, actually, I really don't know what's gonna happen. Yeah, Dortmund or the Bundesliga in general seems to be very English friendly, also American friendly. So I wouldn't put it past Henderson going to Dortmund in the near future. Um, another player that I would cut off from your squad would be Schmelzer, 32 years old. Valued at 1.4 million, the guy should retire pretty soon. But yeah, you have a really young squad. I think all that's left for them to do now is develop as much as they can to become professional world-class players like Erling Haaland and Jadon Sancho. You know, and also because Dortmund's one of the best teams at developing young players, and that's why I've always believed in Dortmund when they would buy young players, and I know they would grow those players to be great players. Like one of our new buyings, Jude Bellingham. I'm really excited for him. He's very young and uh, yeah, also the, has the great potential. The Birmingham guy. Yeah, the Birmingham guy. I believe that he chose the right decision to go to Dortmund instead of Manchester United or other teams in the Prem, because Dortmund is really known for developing young players. And making them their best selves, actually. Making them the best footballers ever. Yeah, and Bellingham is actually regarded as one of Europe's biggest teenage talents. And he's chosen to leave his country for for Dortmund. I think he's going to be another Sancho. Actually, yeah, there are a lot of parallels with Bellingham and Sancho. Sancho also joined when he was 17 for Manchester City. And then Bellingham is also a box-to-box midfielder, um, really important for really important for clubs nowadays, especially with the whole rapid, rapid um, style of play. I think it's important to have that bridge between the defenders and the attackers. For Birmingham, he has scored four goals and, on top of that, has contributed three assists in the process. So you seem to have a really good, um, exciting player on your hands. Dortmund is blessed right now. So. As a as a Dortmund fan, you've probably been following the season, the Bundesliga season in the 2019-2020. So what can you say about it? Was was it good? What were the ups and downs? Um it was actually a good season for us. But I remember like watching the early parts of the season, I was really getting pissed cuz Dortmund just like draw like they always drew with like mid-table teams or even below that it was actually pissing me off that's why we didn't get a really good start but eventually we got up there into the top four teams but was really sad when we lost to Bayern Munich on that game and that champion deciding game one we lost 1-0 which was really sad and then after that I was just praying for like Bayern to lose against Leverkusen or 
or Borussia Mönchengladbach but I also lost hope when you lost to that relegation team which was really sad because you know Dortmunds are a really strong team but they also have a lot of weaknesses I don't know why I really need to see why they have so much weaknesses and I hope the coach really develops their teams and tries to make their weaknesses their strengths yeah Okay. Um, what about the Champions League? You said that Torgan Hazard was disappointing in a lot of Champions League games. So tell tell me about that. Are you guys still in? <laughs> Actually, we're not. We're not in as well. That's why I'm not cha- following it that much anymore. We got literally we got kicked by PSG. I, I remember I was just watching it. We were just sitting down on the couch. I was so stunned when we lost because during the first leg you we were up. 2-0 and then after that the second leg PSG just scored two straight goals and <laughs> we didn't score any goal even Haaland disappeared during that game yeah it was oh that was the game where they they mocked Haaland's Haaland celebration yeah I don't know why gosh they made a ah they're, they're picking on the 20 year old technically 19 year old wow oh well Why don't you make a why don't you make your own lineup for the club since you're such a super fan? Who do you have at the uh, goalkeeper pos- Actually, let's start with the formation. What formation are you going with? I think 4-3-2 is still the best actually 4-2-1 or What about let's let's just go with the 4-3-3. Radic. Uh so there's not much comp- there's not much options in in the goalkeeper department. Uh Roman Burki definitely, correct? So who would who would compose your back four? Our back four is left back Guerrero, obviously, and then our center backs would be Akanji and Hummels, and then right back is Munier. That's my defense mostly. And for midfielders, I think I would like Emre Chan there, and then oh no. no Emerson, uh, Alex Witzel, then Marco Royce, and I. Wait, I'm still thinking about it. I really don't know. What about um, Mahmoud Dahoud? Uh, Dahoud's really good, but I still think that Witzel and Royce really are more like better than him. But he should still play like a lot of minutes because he really needs to improve. You've also got Delaney. I think Delaney should play as well. I know Delaney's a really good player. I've watched this game. He's really good. Okay. Um. What about uh your front three? Really hard because I think left wing still should be Brandt, and then striker should be, of course, Haaland. Impressive. And then right wing, it's either gonna be Torgan Hazard or Sancho if he stays. Which is really hard, but I still think I I would like Sancho in the right wing. Okay, so you have a you have a four three three lineup of Burki and goalkeeper, um, Hummels and the Kanji in the center back positions, Guerrero in the left back, and then who is in your right back again, Munier. Yeah, and then midfield is Witzel, Royce, and then Delaney. Very conservative midfield, reliable at that. And then for your Front three, you have a very potent and deadly attack in Haaland, who has scored a lot of goals 
uh, Sancho, very rapid player, very skillful player, and then you have you have Julian Brand, who's also very rapid and skillful, also very youthful, youthful front three, not useful. You can you can call them useful, but I said youthful. Okay, um, we're we're gonna end this podcast now. So we're just gonna end with how it has affected your life, Rodic. Um, being a Dortmund supporter. So I think it's been affecting my life in like it's shown me some qualities from Dortmund, like their passion and the loyal loyalty of their players and fans. That's what really showed me the qualities and. I really like staying up at night sometimes to watch games, really thrilling, especially Derek Lassiker. Even if it's like 3 o'clock, I would really watch it because it's such a thrilling game. I don't want to miss it. Yeah, if I could, if I had like the dedication for it, I would watch Liverpool's games as well. It's just that I don't really, I really don't want to stay up at 3 a.m. because we have school. We have school. But do you, do you actually like go and say, okay, um, I, I. I it's okay. I can just I can miss I can miss uh, my sleep schedule for Dortmund. Do you actually go and say that? Is that your mindset behind it? Um, what I really do is I sleep early and then set an alarm for my for like ten minutes before the game. Then wake up, watch it, and if I have remaining time to sleep, I'll sleep because yeah, like that. So that it's like I didn't really. I didn't really lose that much time in watching the game. I still slept like eight or eight hours, seven like that. Oh, okay, okay. And then, yeah, has has being a Dortmund supporter been a really good thing for you? Good or bad? Has it made you a good or bad person? Because you seem to be fighting with De Leon a lot, but it has also given you that topic of conversation that you can have with your friends. So has it has it been a good thing for you? I think it's been a really good thing for me. It's like something because I remember I used to just talk video games with other people or basketball. Now I've been talking about football so much, like Premier League, Bundesliga, and about the Leon. Before I didn't really used to fight with Bayern fans. I just let them say what they want. But after the Leon came, because of his like he's so over toxic that. I don't really like toxic people. That's why we get into arguments most of the time because it's really toxic. Yeah, I hear you, man. I think it's just about standing your ground and stuff. So I think it's actually made you stronger and all that. What about the values? I I get a lot of I learn a lot about passion, hard work, dedication from Liverpool. So what about what about Dortmund? What do you learn from them? Um, from the fans, mostly passion because they're really well known for the yellow wall that's why they're very passionate fans and they're also very loyal fans and also the players are very loyal they re- like for example marco royce like when he was in his prime before all of his uh, teammates left Lewandowski left Hummels left and even Gotze left they all went to Bayern and then other top teams from the Prem or La Liga were actually buying him but instead of taking the paycheck he wanted to stay at Borussia Dortmund because that's where he grew up that's the club that developed him throughout the years and that's why he wanted to stay and lead that team yeah and I think we can learn a lot from whom from room from <laughs> from Royce's ex- from Royce's um, experience it's it's like it's more admirable to stay at one place for the longest amount of time 
than it is to make an make a name for yourself at the biggest clubs in the world. So yeah, I, I can I can see where you're coming from. So that that's about it. Um, do you have anything else you want to say? Um, anything you want to plug or any any bye bye messages that you would like to say? I just say the Leon sucks. That's it. <laughs> Okay, man. Um, thanks for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. I'm really thankful for every guest that comes on the podcast. And you're another one. So, thank you so much, man. And I'll see you in school or when you come to visit Manila. Bye-bye.